virtue. What comes to mind when you hear that word? One of my favorite definitions for virtue is a beneficial quality or power of a thing. We are all filled with our own virtues, personal strengths and power within us that are gifts given to us by God. The real magic happens when we recognize our virtues and become guardians of these virtues, using them for the good of others. Join me, your host, Elisa Lindsay Johnson, as I talk to amazing guardians of virtue who all have one thing in common, a desire to use their gifts for good. I hope that as you listen to this podcast, you are emboldened with your own virtues. Let us all strive to be guardians of virtue. Hey, 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 what's up, my friends? Today is going to be a very short and sweet episode on our next part of the Guardian of Change series. And we're going to talk about what it means to be a guardian of gifts today. Let me tell you why I decided to talk about this. Um, My mind has been full of preparations for Christmas time. And I know when you I say that you're gonna be like Christmas this like we're still in summer why are you talking about Christmas but every musician musician will tell you that preparations for Christmas time starts well before Christmas sometimes even like right after Christmas finishes so for me preparing for Christmas starts in July June or July and I start thinking about the songs I'm going to use. Now, um, I've talked about the fact that I'm a piano teacher, that I'm a pianist. I've been playing the piano for um, 28 years now, right? Something like that. Yes. And um, I never used to let myself claim that number or claim the big number because I didn't feel like I was that good of a pianist. And um, the moment I, started claiming that number made a big difference in my skill level if if you'll believe it I started believing that I was good enough to perform for people and um which is so silly because ever since I was a kid I had opportunities to do that I was called as a young woman's pianist when I was 12 and I started playing out of the simplified hymn book and from that moment on I had tons of opportunities to play at church and became really comfortable with performing with uh, while other people were singing or um, things like that. I played for a choir in high school, um, at high school, and so I had lots of opportunities to to play for people. And and so you'd think that that would, would help with that, right? Help with my confidence level especially now that I'm at 28 years of playing the piano. But when I was in college, I was pursuing a piano degree. I've talked about this before, but I was basically told that I was not good enough to pursue that and that I would have to work twice as hard. And I gave up. And looking back, I I wish I could say that. No, I, I don't know if I can say that I regret giving up because it led me on a path to like where I'm at right now. My life would be entirely different if I pers- pursued a piano degree. Um, I probably wouldn't have transferred universities from BYU-Idaho to BYU. 
I wouldn't have um, been able to continue my relationship with my husband, now husband. There's a lot of things that wouldn't have happened if I would have pursued the piano degree. And my professor told me that, that I could try, I just have to work twice as hard. That's what he said. Um, and given like twice the amount of time and stuff like that. And so it just was not, at the time, it was not something that the extra, the extra effort was not something I wanted to put in. So I pursued something else at school. But so after from that time until, I don't know, maybe six years ago, eight years ago, I my confidence level as a pianist was not very high. Um, I mean, I still played for things at church. I still enjoyed playing at home, but I told myself the lie that um, I wasn't good enough to really do anything with it for a long time. That, of course, was Satan's lie. He wanted to keep me from from sharing my gift with others. And so fast forward to six years ago, yep, because my son was a baby, um, I decided to pursue, like to to embrace that gift for what it was. I decided to start using it for good. So I shared more of it online here I, or on Instagram. I shared videos on Instagram and Facebook of me playing, which the first couple of times I did that was really overwhelming and stressful. And I was so self-conscious of myself doing it. And so it took a lot of, of, I don't know, bravery, I guess, to start really sharing that part of me online and making and sharing that gift with others more. And I also wanted to share, I didn't want to wait for somebody to ask me to play at church. Um, I live in a ward now where there are multiple pianists. Back at the time, there were more to as many, so it's being used more. But um, I, I decided that I don't have to wait, that I can perform pe- for people outside of church and that that was okay. And something I wanted to do, because I do believe that music has the power to heal. And I think it's really important to to share our talents with the world. And um, so I started my first annual Christmas concert, annual living room Christmas room concert, which basically is where I chose like five songs to work on for a couple of months to prepare and perform for people in my home. So I would invite people to come and they would sit, we would move the piano to the living room or the family room. And that's, we would have, the tradition is is to have hot chocolate and gingerbread cookies. And um, and then they can sit and drink their hot chocolate and listen to me play the piano. And it's also an opportunity where I share my testimony of Jesus Christ. So anyways, I've started the process of preparing for my sixth annual Christmas concert, which feels insane that I'm saying that. I'm glad that I haven't given up on it, given up on it, but it's become a fun tradition. And, um, and it always surprises me, I guess, that, um, people are moved by listening to me play the piano because for me, it's just normal to play the piano. I don't really I forget that music moves people sometimes. And so um, so it's been fun to see that and to see how I really can bless others with my talents and with the gifts that God has given me. Now, 
When I talk about piano, that's a very obvious one, but it's also a gift that I had to work at. I started taking lessons when I was eight. I'm not some prodigy. There's, I'm not the best pianist there is out there. I'm pretty good. I mean, I'm advanced, but I'm not, I don't know if I would call myself a virtuoso or not. I probably, if I gave myself eight hours a day to practice, but who has time for that when you have a family of four, right? With four kids. And so I decided, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly advanced in my skills, but I worked at it and it's taken a couple hours you know, most days of the week, every every year for, you know, 28 years to get where I am. And um, I think that's important when you're when you're looking at people's gifts to realize that some people are just given gifts naturally and they don't really have to work at them. And then some people have to really work at them. And so you see when you see somebody like a pianist, they didn't just get there. It's not just a talent that they have unless, I mean, there are people that are just virtuosos really quickly from like the time they're five. But a lot, most of us have to work really hard to refine our skills. And so gifts are something that we have to work for and work towards. And we, um, so I just want you to keep that in mind because some, well, let's just continue on. So there are obvious talents, right? Like I talked about piano skills. Um, and and stuff like that. I singing is another one. Um, to me, strength is another talent, another gift that people have. And strength can be physical strength, which I really admire. Um, but it can also be mental strength. It could be, um, you know, strength in other ways. Kindness is an is an amazing gift. Um, we I think sports are something that we naturally think naturally think about when. We think about gifts, being a good teacher, like teaching other people. There are lots of gifts that are are very obvious and that people think of when we talk about talents or gifts. And those are really good. But in the scriptures, it talks about specific gifts, um, both in Doctrine and Covenants 40, section 46 and Moroni chapter 10. Those both talk about the same types of gifts. In section, in DNC section 46, it says, Beware lest ye are deceived, and that ye may not be deceived. Seek ye earnestly the best gifts. Always remember for what they were given. For verily I say unto you, they are given for the benefit of those who love me and keep all my commandments, and him that seeketh to do so, that all may be benefited, benefited that seek or that ask of me. End quote. I love that the first part of that scripture where it says that we'll not be deceived if we've seek for gifts like the gifts are given for us given to us so that we won't be deceived by satan and we can return to heavenly father um so before you say something like i don't have elisa i don't have any gifts that's a bunch of bull hunky dory everyone it says in that in that same section that every man is given a gift so we all have at least one gift and i'm going to wager that most of us have multiple gifts so i promise that you have at least one thing and that's the cool thing about gifts when we show god that we will use the one gift that he's given us he will trust us with more gifts and so just keep that in mind and i've seen that in my own life as i've developed the gifts that i've recognized that i have heavenly father gives gives me more and so we can be blessed with gifts. It just requires action. Um, that's the thing about Heavenly Father. He loves work. 
and he knows that when we work and when we strive for something that we become the best person we can be and so he rewards us through gifts and the more we work hard and the more we do his will more gifts will come so in section 46 and it talks about similar gifts oh first moroni also exhorts us in moroni chapter 10 verse 8 to deny not the gifts of god for they are many and they come from the same god and there are different ways that these gifts are administered end quote so it's really important if you recognize that you have a gift you need to start developing it and use it because if we don't use it we were we've been taught you know jesus taught in the bible that that we will lose the gifts if we don't use them and i definitely recognize that as a pianist when i'm practice every single day or most days then my skills improve but as soon as i stop practicing the next time i go to sit down at the piano i play atrociously so it's really important to work on the gifts that you have and to practice them so that you don't lose them practice them and use them all right so that's part of the reason that's another that's this my selfless reason for doing my christmas concerts each year it's because it gives me an excuse to practice new songs because as a pianist pianist who does not have a teacher anymore it sometimes can feel like i don't have any direction with where like what I should learn or where I should go as far as a pianist. And so in order to challenge myself, it's good to have this this piano concert that I do every year. And and um, it's I've been able to keep my skills up and improve them um, every year. So it's important to practice our gifts. So in section 46, it talks about specific gifts that we are given. And so these gifts pertain mostly, the ones on the list pertain mostly to spiritual things. But um, I think every kind of other gift, including music or whatever, um, can also be used for good and can point anyone to the Savior. So um, knowledge that Jesus Christ is the Son of God is a gift. Another gift is to believe on the words of the people who have that knowledge that Jesus is the Son of God. I think that's why we're lucky that we have apostles and prophets, because they have a sure knowledge that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and through them we can know that too. And that's a gift to believe the people who say they know Jesus Christ. Um, another one that they mentioned is to know the differences of administration. I think that this one is really cool, and one that I've started understand, started to understand more in my calling at church um, that I have right now because I've been able to see how things work. Um, how callings are are um, prayed for and made, how uh, and extended, how they're accepted or not accepted, or one of the most ancient laws I think of Jesus of Heavenly Father is, and as far as administration of His work is concerned, is returning and reporting. And that's something that we do in the church all the time. Uh, diversities of operations, I feel like that kind of coincides with administration, but just knowing um how things are done and supporting that another gift is teaching the word of wisdom there are people that are just so good at this right like i don't know if you've noticed that at church there are just some people that have an amazing grasp for the gospel and they say things in ways that just make help you understand their wisdom is just beyond anything that you can comprehend um 
the gift of knowledge, learning. And I feel like all of us have this gift to some extent, right? Like we have the ability to learn and to grow and gain knowledge so that we can become the best that we can be. Um, the gift of exceedingly great faith. Sometimes I wish I was better at having faith. <laughs> but I think about Nephi and Lehi, the sons of Helaman, and how they were given the gift, the sealing power on the earth, and how um, Nephi like called upon a famine, right, to to help call the people to repentance. Like he was given the power to move mountains if he so desired, and that requires exceedingly great faith. So did the brother of Jared, right? He he had so much faith that he was able to see Jesus Christ because of his faith. They both, that was their gift, one of their gifts. The faith to be healed. Um, that one's an interesting one because I think sometimes we can have the faith to be healed but not be healed. Um, and I've talked about that before. And so that was an interesting one. The faith to heal. I think that this one can be seen in people uh, who, who have become doctors. Um, obviously, President Nelson if you know anything about his life history, he has the faith to heal because that that's what he did. I mean, he helped develop the heart-lung machine or whatever it's called. And um, and that's helped heal and keep probably thousands or at least hundreds of, hundreds of people alive. Um, so there are people that have that talent, that have that gift to heal others. I've heard stories of mothers... You know, on the Pioneer Trail, um, there's this one story where this this mom's son got um, injured somehow. His hip was broken, and she um, like prayed for help and was given the exact like task and um, order of things in order to like heal her son from this injury that he had, and he she he completely healed because. Because the Holy Ghost gave her that gift to heal. Um, the gift to work miracles. I think that one's really cool. And that miracles can be worked by any of us. Um, and miracles can be any anything that might seem a little out of ordinary that helps us in our in our lives. And so the gift of prophecy, I think that is given a lot to obviously to our apostle prophets, but I also feel like we can be given that gift for ourselves and our families. Um, some people are blessed to be able to kind of discern what, you know, might affect our future and stuff like that. And so that's a really cool gift. The gift of discerning of spirits and beholding angels. Um, I know, I think that is a really cool gift. I find myself not being jealous of people that have that gift because sometimes it would be, I, sometimes I, you know, like there are ancestors that I miss, like my grandparents, or um, I'm named after my aunt. I never met her. She passed away before I died and or before I was born. And I would love to meet her and to ask her if um, if I'm doing enough to honor her name, because that's something that I worry about and think about, um, because it's a blessing to be named after somebody, but it's also in some ways a burden because you want to make sure that you honor them. And I'm grateful for that burden. That's part of the reason why I choose, I've chosen to live the life that I do because I want to honor my, my namesake and I want to honor my, honor my ancestors. Um, 
the gift of tongues to speak other languages. There are some people that are just naturally so much better at learning languages. I have a friend that went on his mission to Tennessee and spoke Spanish, and he picked it up so quickly, and now he teaches Spanish. Um, he's a teacher, and it's just a natural gift he's been given. And I've also heard of times where people have like been missionaries or something, and they were translating for something, and they're not, you know, great translators. And so I think that there are instances where the Holy Ghost gives you the gift of tongues. The last one, but the last one is the interpretation of tongues. So, um, but gifts are given from God to benefit the children of God. Moroni said that every gift cometh of Christ. So I want to challenge you to take a moment and write down what you think your gifts are. Write them down, then kneel down and ask Heavenly Father what you can do to use them for good. I encourage you that if you have a patriarchal blessing, if you don't know what your gifts are and you have a patriarchal blessing, then I would encourage you to read your patriarchal blessing because guaranteed it will talk about your gifts. It might not say your gifts are this and this and this. Mine doesn't talk about piano, but it talks about sharing the gospel. And piano is a great way to do that. And so, um, and there are other gifts that mine mention, and the same will be for you too. So that's a great place to start. Now, if you're saying, what's a patriarchal blessing? I don't know what that is whether you're new to the church or you're not familiar with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that's a blessing that is given by somebody who holds, um, who has been ordained to the office of patriarch. He has a, um, patriarchal blessings were given in the Bible. Oftentimes, the, like, Adam, I think his, like, had gathered his children together to give them blessings. Often it's like the patriarchs of the families who give their children's blessing, children blessing, like right before they pass away. But now there's somebody called in each area of the church who is a patriarch for the area, and um, and you make an appointment. You have to be a member of the church. So if you don't, if you don't have a patriarchal blessing and you're not a member of the church, what are you waiting for? Go get baptized. <laughs> Talk to me. I can help walk you through it. And then. Um, and then you contact this, the patriarch from your, for your area after you get a, a recommend, because you have to get a recommend that says you're ready to receive your patriarchal blessing. So once you receive that, you contact your patriarchal patriarch and you schedule a time and they will give you your blessing. And from personal experience, um, I have a unique experience. My father is a patriarch, so I was able to see what exactly goes into the preparations for for these blessings he um he is he takes a couple of weeks to prepare for each each blessing that he gives and um it's a lot of reading a lot of studying a lot of listening to the spirit to know what to study and then he takes a couple of hours um most of the sunday leading up to the time where he meets with with the person that's receiving the blessing to um he prepares for it praying and thinking about about you know the impressions that he's received over the week and um trying to just be very receptive to what the holy ghost you know teaches him about this person and then um he takes it, i'm not that's the process that i knew up in, up until a couple of weeks ago when um i got to witness my daughter receiving 
her patriarchal blessing through my father. Um, so I was able to see like the rest of the process that he does for, for patriarchal blessings. Um, I'll tell you what, there's nothing quite like seeing your child receive their patriarchal blessing and hearing what they've been blessed with, the gifts and the talents and the things that might happen in their life that makes you feel um, that that helps you see your child the way Heavenly Father sees them. It's amazing. Anyways, so like after he does all this preparation, the patriarch, you know, sits down with with you and talks to you a little bit beforehand, tells you what patriarchal blessings are, kind of teaches. My dad taught about, you know, what it is, what it means, how the sacredness of a patriarchal blessing and all those things. And then um, he took my daughter aside and talked to her by herself for a little bit themselves to just kind of that's what he does to like get a feel for them a little bit more and to like just become attuned with their spirits and and stuff and then he gives the patriarchal blessing and then and obviously they record it he records it and then takes a couple weeks to to um to transpose that to paper and to edit it make sure that you know things are said correctly and um, and then they send you the, the blessing. And so it was really cool to see the rest of that process because I've, I've been at my parents' house when my dad's been preparing for a blessing before. And so I kind of knew what was, what was leading up to that. But anyways, patriarchal blessings are such an amazing way to see and recognize the gifts that God has given you naturally. And I encourage you to work towards those gifts, refine them and improve them gifts are meant to be used they're meant to be um meant to be improved upon and the more you use them the more you strive to improve them the better that they are and the more useful they become so i encourage you today to look for your gifts and start using them and you will be blessed beyond your wildest dreams um i'm excited for christmas time this year and i usually include um, a couple people in my concert. My daughter is going to play the violin for when we're going to do a duet. And I have another friend that's going to do it with me as well. And and um, I'm even in the talks with another friend who's going to help me put on an even bigger concert at our church, just like at our church building as do this cool Christmas concert. That's going to be an extension of my concert because I love doing my living room concerts, but we can only fit so many people. And I want to be able to bless even more people through music and there are so many people that have amazing talents here that I want to be able to share them with the world and so that's in the works too which is really exciting so use your talents share them and the Lord will bless you and he will help you bless others through your talents so thank you so much for listening I hope that this has um, left you encouraged to to be a guardian of change through being a guardian of your talents and through your gifts. And we'll talk to you later. Peace out, dudes. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope that you walk away filled with strength and power, or dare I say, virtue, as you use your own gifts for good too. Podcasts live by the reviews that are written for them. Please leave a review and let me know what you think. I hope you all have a blessed day. Bye.